0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Wealth Effect podcast, where we discuss methods, strategies, and tactics to protect and compound your wealth. I'm your host, Matt Fabian, and I'm here to help you create your own wealth effect. Hey, everyone, welcome back to the Wealth Effect. It has been a little bit since I have recorded, but I wanted to post something here as we approach the tail end of the year and going into Q4, uh, the final quarter of the year. Markets are grappling with rising interest rates, reaccelerating inflation, and continued economic uncertainty. These factors have led the S&P 500 to decline 3.3% with reinvested dividends during the third quarter, while the US aggregate bond index lost 3.2%. These issues echo the many concerns investors faced last year when inflation and higher rates resulted in a bear market. Other factors, including the narrowly averted government shutdown and cracks in China's economy, have also added to investor fears. Amid the seemingly constant stream of negative headlines, how can we prepare for the final months of this year? One reason investing over a lifetime is difficult is the natural tendency to focus on the negative. Psychologists refer to this as the negativity bias, an effect that causes individuals to allow a few seemingly bad events to outweigh overwhelmingly positive ones. Investors are prone to this cognitive bias because positive news tends to be slow moving, the result of small gains that compound over time. In contrast, bad news tends to occur suddenly and without notice resulting in dramatic changes to expectations. However, myopically only looking at positive data points that conform to desired beliefs, confirmation bias, or delusionally spinning adverse developments as positive, positivity bias, yes, there is also a positivity bias, can be just as damaging. So, an essential discipline for investors is maintaining a balanced mindset to properly weigh long-term gains against short-term risks. When it comes to today's market, focusing only on the negative ignores the many positive developments this year. Specifically, despite some surface similarities to last year, the underlying factors driving markets in 2023 are unique for several reasons. First, unlike last year when inflation rose to four-decade highs, Inflation has improved considerably. The Consumer Price Index has decelerated to 3.7% year-over-year, far below its June 2022 high of 9.1%, while Core CPI has slowed to 4.3%. Other measures such as PCE and PPI have improved even more. This is evidence that the economic shocks from rising prices due to extreme monetary and fiscal policy response to the pandemic, the subsequent supply crunch, and consumer demand spikes are stabilizing on a trending basis. Second, markets declined last year in anticipation of a recession that has not yet occurred. While a further slowdown is possible, the economy has been far more robust than anticipated across many measures. The Atlanta's Fed's GDP now estimate for the third quarter is still 4.9%, and unemployment remains historically low at 3.8%. The economy is doing far better than most optimistic forecasts predicted last year. Third, after one of the most rapid rate hike cycles in history, the Fed is not likely to raise rates much further, even if they do remain higher for longer. The initial shocks of rapid policy rate increases have been working through the real estate market, the banking sector, technology stocks, and consumer demand. Although there are still challenges facing markets, which we'll get into here in a moment, this backdrop is a reminder that while markets tend to rise over long periods, they never do so in a straight line. This is true even when the market and economic environments are improving especially when compared to what investors had expected just a year ago. The first chart posted in the show notes show stock and bond market annual returns going back to 1990. For this year, it's year to date through the end of the third quarter. The S&P 500 has gained roughly 12% on the year, and the aggregate bond index is down by 1% so far. Despite this heightened volatility in the third quarter, the S&P 500 has held on to those positive gains uh, with a total return of 13.1% with dividends, and the NASDAQ has gained 27.1%. This sharply contrasts with last year's bear market and is further evidence that markets can rebound with little notice. The index has been propelled by sectors such as communication services, which has returned positive 40.4%. Information Technology, which has returned a positive 34.7%, and Consumer Discretionary, which has posted a positive 26.7%. Returns in these areas have more than offset poor performances by sectors such as utilities, which is down 14.4%, and real estate, which is down 5.4%. Unfortunately, higher interest rates mean the bond market has struggled over the past few months the U.S. Aggregate Bond Index has now declined 1% this year, resulting in fears of a repeat of last year. However, not only is this far better than last year's bond market performance, but bond yields are now at their highest levels in a decade and a half, creating real income for portfolios not seen in a long time. The next chart posted in the show notes show real interest rates posting their highest levels in 16 years. On the chart, we we show the 10-year treasury bond yield of roughly 4.6%, and the 10-year TIPS, or real yield, which essentially tracks the inflation-adjusted income, or yield, which is roughly 2.24%. Higher bond yields are positive for investors who can benefit from greater portfolio income. It's also important to note that these rising bond yields differ from last year's. Improving inflation means that bonds are even more attractive today since real interest rates, that is, the value of interest payments that investors receive after adjusting for inflation, have also increased. The 10-year tips yield is now above 2.2%, resulting in better income generation for investors than at any time since 2008. Additionally, higher rates this year are a continuation of the uptrend from the past couple of years. In other words, the jump in rates this year is less of a surprise to markets than in 2022, when inflation suddenly accelerated and the Federal Reserve raised interest rates. Over time, higher long-term rates could even be a positive for the yield curve as it re-steepens and economic growth recontinues. The third chart posted in the show notes shows GDP components, uh, growth components over time for various uh, sections of GDP, whether it be uh, headline GDP, personal consumption expenditures, gross private domestic investment, government spending, net exports, Uh, each quarter going back to 2002, Q1 of 2022. Despite the many predictions for a recession in 2023, economic growth has remained robust in 20 uh, this year. Consumer spending has been stronger than expected while business and government spending have helped along the way to push economic growth higher and further than anticipated. Additionally, the labor market has continued one of the strongest it has conti- has remained one of the strongest in history with unemployment below 4% and wage growth near 4.5%. The number of job openings, while starting to decline, still far outpaces the number of unemployed individuals. Some measures of manufacturing, such as the ISM index, remain in contractionary territory, but the non-manufacturing counterparts have been persistently strong. Again, when it comes to today's market, focusing only on positive ignores many adverse developments this year. And while markets and the economy have held up better than expected, that is a rearview description of what has happened so far year-to-date rather than prospectively of what lies ahead. And significant headwinds still exist to the economy, such as the inverted yield curve, the resumption of student loan repayments, the exhaustion of pandemic-related excess savings, Consumer credit card rates and balances accelerating rapidly. The credit, uh, the corporate and commercial real estate debt markets facing a large refinancing wall at much higher interest rates. Corporate bankruptcies are accelerating rapidly. And we enter the danger zone of lag time of monetary policy tightening, which typically takes full effect in 18 to 24 months after monetary policy begins to tighten. That leads us into the next chart in the show notes, which show the Fed is expected to keep rates higher for longer. The chart is the Federal Reserve dot plot, which shows their forward guidance for how they expect to set interest rates into the future. Sticky high inflation and stronger than expected economic growth have raised the odds of the Fed maintaining interest rates higher for longer. Many in the mainstream business news media believe this is positive news for markets as the financial system absorbs and adapts to the higher rate environment. Further, many believe this means the Fed is closer to a pivot back to accommodative, easy monetary policy. However, the Fed isn't expected to lower rates until later in 2024 at the earliest. And should the most recent uptick in inflation become the trend, that will keep the Fed in the inflation-fighting front and unable to reduce the cost of capital. And there is uncertainty about whether the economy can handle such high interest rates for such a long time. While increased rates may end up slaying the inflation dragon, this blunt monetary tool also inflicts collateral damage on economic growth. Ultimately, Higher for longer increases the odds of a monetary policy mistake of remaining too tight for too long and causing unintended damage to the financial system and, by extension, the economy. That leads us into the final chart posted in the show notes, which show how investors are fully in control of how and when they save and invest. It highlights the importance of saving early and saving often it shows essentially the various compound rates of return from 3 to 5 to 7% over time and the starting age of when an investor starts to save for retirement the earlier you start to save makes up a significant portion of one's retirement ability to retire and ultimately is a much bigger factor in determining long-term financial outcomes than even the rate of return. For example, investing 5 years earlier is the equivalent of investing at a 2% annualized rate of return difference. That makes a big difference in terms of your long-term financial outcome, and especially when controlling for the type of return that you get over that time frame is much less in your control than it is of when you start saving and investing. So while investment conversations tend to focus on market events, the truth is that investor behavior and activity play as important a role, if not more, in financial outcomes. This is because saving and investing earlier can have a significant impact due to the benefits of compound interest over time. As that chart shows, investing just five years earlier can result in profound differences when an investor reaches retirement age. Unlike markets and the macroeconomy, these decisions are entirely within our control, and as a result, we have far more control over long-term financial outcomes than most believe. So while it's natural to be cautious when markets are seemingly moving sideways and there are negative headlines, history shows that investing earlier and staying invested are the best ways to increase the odds of financial success. This highlights the importance of crafting and executing a tailored wealth strategy aligned with one's unique circumstances, goals, and risk preferences so that there is thought, intention, and a why- and ultimately confidence behind every financial decision from savings rates to asset allocations. The bottom line, despite many reasons to be negative, the reality is that the market and economic environment have outperformed expectations. However, challenges still remain ahead and a wide range of economic outcomes are possible. Investing is always a matter of decision-making in the face of uncertainty. Now more than ever, it is time for investors to maintain perspective, diversify, and mentally, and in portfolios, prepare for both positive and negative market outcomes. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Wealth Effect podcast. I hope you are all doing well out there, and happy wealth generation. Investment advisory services are offered through Fabian Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor authorized to do business in states where registered or otherwise exempt from registration. Nothing discussed during this show should be viewed as investment advice. Everything discussed is generic, non-specific, non-tailored information. If you have questions pertaining to your specific situation, please reach out to us at info@fabianwm.com at or call us at 925 925- 322